There's that catchy theme music, Chuckster. We got to thank somebody for coming up with that. Which means you have entered the steam room. Uh, the podcast that... That's taken uh, over the world. The last time I checked, you know how many people had downloaded it? How many? 53 trillion. Oh my goodness. And six. 53 trillion and six. But, and this is... And people said we would never make it. This yeah. is episode four. Yes, it is. And it promises to be good. I'm glad you're able to work us into your schedule because I know it's been a very busy week and will continue to be a busy week. It's a really busy week. Uh, getting to work with uh, the great Sam Jackson... Spike Lee. It's the great Spike Lee. The great Spike Lee. You can't just oh, call one of them the great. Well, Sam Jackson's great. Spike <laughs> is just Spike. Uh, but then also today I got to work with Jim Nance. The great Jim Nance. And Larry, and the late, great Jim Nance and Larry Bird. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a busy day, but I, I, was, I told the guys, hey, I can only work X amount of hours on Thursday because we got a tape steam room. Yeah. And... Um, We'll Thanks, shout see- out to Capital One. I love working with you guys. We'll be seeing those spots during March Madness. Yes. As we do every uh, every March Madness. Um, all right. First of all. First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hundred nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. Well, I'm going to do something special today. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do a second of all. See, most of the time. You say first of all, and then make another point, and yeah. then say first of all again. Yeah. So it's actually two first of Two all. first of all. Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. I want to look right into that camera. Yo, man, it ain't about you. You knew when you started giving those kids money, it was going to become about you, the NCAA, those idiots, and just taking away from the shine or was arguably the greatest football season ever. Yo, man, stand down. Your team stinks. When your team stinks, you have to stand down. When you're breaking records and winning, you can do whatever you want to. But don't make this LSU championship about you taking away the shine from those kids. Those kids busted their butt, and all everybody on TV is talking about is illegal, and now the players got to talk about it. Now we got to talk about it. Stand down, soldier. Sit your ass down somewhere. That's first of all. Second of all, you know, Ernie, Antonio Brown. I just feel sad, man. You know, Marshawn Lynch, who's one of my favorite players, and just talking about his speech after the, the game the other day, talking about, man, number one thing is take care of your money and take care of your mind. I loved him saying that to them players because you want to make sure when you go out there and play football, and I admire and respect anybody who plays football, you need to make sure you save your money because it's a very difficult, violent sport. But he also talked about taking care of your mind. Watching that Antonio Brown video was one of the most disturbing things. And, you know, we we had Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan came out and said, I have some issues. I need to see a psychiatrist. And I give a shout-out to the NBA, Adam Sivan, those guys been hooking. Anybody who wants mental help can go and, and, and keep – And not be ashamed and, and, and to you admit sh- that. You shouldn't be ashamed yeah. of it. And, uh, and you got the guy. Of forget, it there's yeah. a guy who planned for the Eagles, an uh, 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 offensive, a defensive lineman. I can't, his name escapes me. He started having panic attacks. And he's, it, he didn't tell anybody. And he finally came out and said, yeah, I've been seeing a psychiatrist. 
because I've been having panic attacks. And that's the same thing happened to Kevin. So, man, any of you out there who got some issues, man, go see a psychiatrist. And the thing that's really sad about my day, we used to joke about players who had issues. Cause we, we weren't smart enough to know that they had something wrong. We're like, oh, he's just different. He got, oh, he just like that. Retrospect, if I could go back in life and, and, and work with some of these guys and say, yo, man, what you're doing is not normal. The way you're acting is not normal. Maybe you need some help. And don't you think, too, in that, and you would speak to this obviously much better than I would, but the whole locker room mentality uh, on the professional level. Uh, and for a long, long right. time, you wouldn't come out and say something because it would be it would be so looked on as, as a weakness. We, oh, I can't do that. I can't t- say that I'm dealing with this, man. Yeah. I, they'll think I'm weak. Yeah, but, you know, Ernie, I'm 50. But, I mean, that, that it, happens, it's right? It's 100%. Yeah. Guys, because there's such a macho thing that goes on in the locker room. But I regret now looking back in life, and I'm not going to put anybody business on the street. There's so many guys that now you're old enough to understand, like, because you see how the, the movie ended. You see how their lives turned out. I wish that we had been smart enough. Like I say, the, the sad thing about Ernie, we used to joke. Behind the guy's back, like, this dude got some issues. But we weren't smart enough to know that he really So you regret that now, Chuck? I regret that. That you, that you had maybe teammates or guys that you knew in the league that you said, that guy's got some issues, and I'll, all I'm doing is and, kind of joking about it and talking to this guy. Man, what's yeah, up with yeah. him? And, but, and, and like, because we weren't smart enough to think, oh, it's all right to see a psychiatrist. And I regret that because – Maybe their life wouldn't have turned out like it did if we had a got to some help when they was playing. But to get back to my original point, man, somebody close to Antonio Brown needs to say, yo, man, the way you're acting is not normal. Um, and I just feel sadness because when you play sports, like I love NASCAR. I love football. I love baseball. Cheaters. Um which but, we'll be talking about shortly. Yeah, but the thing that's scary is I feel like when something happens to somebody in another sport, we're in the greatest fraternity in the world. And to see somebody just implode, and I, I just feel sadness for that kid. You know what? I what, The way I see that, Chuckster, I think sometimes even those who are closest to a, to a player – are afraid that, you know of why? that player because Ernie, oh well, I don't want him to. If no, I say that he's going to cut me off, the, and I'm the, not going to be part Ernie, of this. The, the hardest thing about being famous is the people around you. See, you're buying all the drinks, you're paying for all the meals, they're flying around on your private jet. They're never going to tell you you're wrong, and if you surround yourself with crazy people. It all, like I say, we, we know hundreds of examples over the last 30 years that I've been in this business. The people around you, they never going to tell you no because you got all the purse strings. The reason uh, uh, 80% of professional athletes go broke and people going to say, it, 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 yeah, gambling sometimes, but most of the time it's not gambling. It's all the people you got on your payroll. And when you're acting like an idiot and your people are like, well, I need to tell him to stop acting like that. I'm like, no, I need my bills paid. You know, I want to live his life. So it's the hardest thing is to try to surround Don't, yourself. I'm not going to tell him. You tell him. Yeah. No, no I'm no, not telling no. him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, be- because, you know, I'm so glad you brought that point up. Because 
when, when I was watching Antonio Brown screaming at the cops in front of the mother of his kids, there was another dude there. And that dude was just sitting there, just standing there listening to Antonio Brown, not saying, yo, man, maybe you shouldn't be acting like this. And I, I don't know anything about that situation, but I'll bet you that dude's on the payroll because there's no way if you're not on the payroll, you're going to sit there and say, dude, you're acting rational. Right. And uh, it's sad, though. Yeah. And back real quickly to the uh, Odell Beckham thing. Look, I know that we all have our allegiances. And I know, look, when you see Auburn oh. making a run, whether it's SEC football or whether it's SEC basketball or the NCAA tournament, yeah, yeah you get excited about yes. that. And certainly can understand Odell Beckham being fired up about coach. LSU. Yes. Yeah, and, and now you win a national championship. But, and, but it just seems like... Why hide? Why hijack the moment? You know why? Because I could never see you if Auburn cut down the nets. I could never see you. I could see you on the floor giving Bruce Pearl a hug and high fiving these kids, but I could never see you say, "Well, let me, let me uh, take some uh, some paper out here. Here, give you take this." It it makes you the center of attention, and it and it takes away, as you said from all the things yeah. that this team had to do to get to where it it's is. It's like when you and Jim Nance are giving away trophies at the end uh, in, in the NBA or in college. If Auburn won the national championship and y'all say, Chuck, you want to give them the trophy? I'm like, no. I would say, this is their time. Yeah. This is their time. It ain't me like, because would it be cool for me to give Bruce Pearl the national championship? Of course it would be. But if I if y'all ask me, I a hundred percent would say no, no, no. This is their time. These guys accomplished this, and what LSU did this year. Uh, I, like I say, we we're having a conversation. I was uh, talking to some of my friends, Vince Young, Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, Joe Burrow. I was trying to think what college player had the greatest quarterback season in NCAA history. I mean, because I think I still tell people that USC uh, Texas game, the best college football game I've ever seen. Tim Tebow, arguably in the conversation, one of the two or three best college football players ever. Uh, Cam Newton, the year he led Auburn, won the Hobbs until the championship was was great. But what Joe Burrow did this year, I said, is this the greatest season a college quarterback has ever had? And it's a legitimate debate. Yeah. And capped by a national championship. And, yes. Uh, convincing fashion um all right so that's uh that's the first order of business the next order of business is talking baseball Ooh, baseball what a mess these days uh and and breaking news on this day that we uh around the steam room with another manager uh, uh feeling the effects of this whole uh what do you want to call it this whole uh, sign stealing it's, it's, thing. it's crazy yeah so we need to talk to a baseball guy Let's do it. And we will do that in the next segment when we welcome Jimmy Rollins to the J-Row. Back here on the Steam Room, everybody's favorite podcast, <laughs> uh, or at least mine and Chuck's. Thank you. That's um, all that matters. What a week it has been in Major League Baseball. So, A.J. Hinch, the Astros manager. Yes. Jeff Luno, or Jeff Lunau, their GM. Both out. Alex Cora out as manager of the Red Sox. Yep. He had been the bench coach with the Astros in 17. And Carlos Beltran, just a short time ago, 
the new Mets manager now out as Mets manager. All of this over the sign stealing thing. And also, don't forget now, because losing a first and a second two years in a row and a $5 million fine, those are serious penalties. I mean, those are – so I'm glad we got a legend on here to talk about it. Yeah, Jimmy Rollins joining us on the steam room. Uh, Jimmy, nice, uh, nice towel. And um, yeah. and let me let me ask you now. Um, obviously, you see the penalties that have been imposed on individuals and teams. Mm-hmm. How about the damage to the game of baseball itself? How big is this? I think it's huge. Um, you know, baseball is when we look at the numbers and. Uh, viewership has, has been on the decline, uh, showing less interest. And, you know, they, they juiced the balls the last couple of years and trying to bring it back and, you know, entice people with, with the long ball. And maybe it was working, maybe it wasn't. They were trying to abbreviate the game and make some changes, and then this happens. And, you know, a, a scandal is never good. It brings a lot of eyes, but these, these are the wrong type of eyes. Um, I, I, and I, I don't know how to... Uh, comprehend it all yet. I mean, baseball and, and stealing signs has been going on since the beginning of time. And, you know, you get out there, you get a runner on base, and you find a way to pick the system, and you beat them at their own game. It happens in every sport. Look, if you're calling a play or if you're calling out a play or I see a screen, I see something, and I know what's going to happen, then, yeah, I'm going to let my teammates know because I want to give us the advantage. But using technology um, yeah, that's. That I mean, that's where they've drawn the line. Obviously, Jimmy yeah. is. Is yeah. look, it's as old as the game itself. I mean, when you were you knew, when you were coming up, um, and in your career, and you were, shoot, you were an MVP, an All Star multiple times, a, a, a World Champion. Um, how much focus was there on trying legitimately? to steal signs or say, hey, I know what's coming. I know when they're going to hit and run. Hey, I know when they're going to bunt. Hey, you know, you pick these things up from the dugout or from the field. Mm-hmm. And so, so how, much of, how much of that was going on and how much focus was there on your part or your teammates' part? Oh, all the time. Uh, that, was, that was one thing that, I mean, we got accused of it, but, just, I mean, it's not an accusation. We just beat you at the game. We're looking at the dugout. You have the signs coming from the manager to the third base coach about hit and runs. You have signs coming from the manager to the catcher about whether to hold, pick over, and throw. So I'm watching everything. And if, and if I pick it up, then that's to my advantage. It's up to you to make the adjustment. I don't have to do anything different. That's up to you. So when I got on second base, I alerted the batter, hey, I got the sign. They'll let me know if they want it or not. That's up to them. Not everybody wants it. But like I said, the way it was used to actually have a live stream from you know, the center field angle – uh, pick the signs, and then have a guy in the dugout, you know, alerting the batter with no one on base, that's just way too far. I mean, that, that's really knowing everything that's coming. That's like in spring training when a pitcher's saying, here's a slider, here's a changeup. And, of course, as a batter, you're going to take advantage of that. Once you trust the system, you're at, you're at a huge advantage. Well, I got two questions for you. Uh, we, we keep talking about uh, electronics, technology, and then it still comes down to somebody beating on a can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's got to make you like. That's got to make you laugh. That's my. Fir- that's my first question. And, and secondly, do you think these guys should get another opportunity to manage? Um, okay, uh, I'll, I'll address the second one first. Huh. I. 
that's tough because of what comes with it. Um, you know, every, everybody, you know, in his life has deserves second, third, fourth chances. Um, you know, cheating in baseball, you know, you go back to the Black Sox and then, you know, gamble on baseball and look at Pete Rose and what happened to him. And is, is this really any different? You're cheating the game. Um, I think if they do get a second chance, whether they deserve it or not, I think that's up to each individual team. The guy's going to serve their year. Um, you know, Alex uh, won a championship with Boston. That might hold some weight for somebody looking for a manager in a couple of years. Beltran never got off the ground. AJ obviously won a World Series also. Um, I, I, I think after, after a little while, once everything calms down, I think they will get another chance um, to manage. But if they do, then I think, you know, even going even deeper, you know, how does that affect, you know, Pete Rose getting to the Hall of Fame? Because cheating is cheating. Let me ask you this, Jimmy. Okay, so, uh, so these... You just going to gloss over my trash cans part of the well, question? The... <laughs> no. <Hey. laughs> go, go ahead. That is, that is intriguing. You know, here we have this high-tech way to do this and this high-tech way, and, and it's not like then look into, the, look into the right field pavilion because there will be a blinking light. No, it's, I'm going to bang on a trash can lid once or twice. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that you know. See, but that's the creative genius of it all, because you can't walk up there with a buzzer in your pocket because the catcher would pick up on it. But if we're banging on trash cans, maybe somebody's in there upset that they just made it out. <laughs> Rhythmically. <laughs> uh, hey. Okay. So let me ask you this. So, so all of this is focused kind of on the Astros and the Red Sox, and now the Mets because mm-hmm. of Carlos Beltran's relationship with the Astros in seventeen. So, mm-hmm. are we to think that these are the only teams doing it, or are they the only ones getting getting caught? Uh, I think they're just the only ones that have been caught. I mean, there, there have been rumors and, you know, things that have been said about numerous teams around the league. You know, they, they have a light system out there. They have a guy in center field that he takes his hat off, he puts it on for certain pitches, all these things. You look at certain teams that when runners get on base, while all of a sudden, you know, the 270 hitter becomes a 400 hitter. And then when nobody's on, he, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a 130 hitter. Like, how, how does that all make sense? So we've always felt that way about uh, the other team because things just happen in such a fashion that it's like that's just not natural. But if you don't get caught, if you can't prove it, it's, it's, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. If you can't prove it, then all it is is, is, is a rumor. And unless you're on that home side, you don't really know what's going on. Let me ask you this question. This is an interesting point when I'm trying to decipher everything. Okay, you got the general manager who got banned. You got the manager. There's no players been mentioned. And like I say, clearly you don't know all the answers. But when how, how many people involved in cheating is my question. Like, did the general manager, I mean, he clearly he got fired. But, like, if you're cheating, do you tell the general manager – uh, the manager's doing it by itself, and the players. How does that whole thing work? That's that's a good question. And looking at it from the player's view, okay, you get drafted to a team, you get traded to a team, whatever way, sign as a free agent. And you get there, there's a system already in place. Whether you agree with it or not, you're part of it. And at some point, you're struggling at the plate. Um, guess what? You know, you know what? I, I need a little help. You're going to benefit from, from that system. Um, so 
I think the weight of the onus should be on the people who created it and allowed it. And as a player, you might say, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. We know it's not right. But, damn, we're winning 100 games now. We won a championship. Look how much better I'm doing at home than when I'm on the road. And then you factor in, well, if I stay here for my whole career, that's a lot of money to me because I'll be able to take advantage of this the whole time. So, I mean, the, the players, the, uh, it's, it's kind of like they're married into it, whether they want to be there or not, they're there. But the people who created the system um, definitely should, you know, take, take the weight of it. And who everybody and, and anyone else who knew what was going on. And you don't want this to get throughout the whole organization. So it has to be tight-lipped. It has to be kept in the clubhouse. And, you know, within a couple of people, if anyone asks, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because, you know, I mean, every, things are going to leak. Things are going to leak. Sometimes people are going to tell. But if, every, if too many people know, then it's going to leak. And then it, it, it would have been a firestorm at, at some point. Uh, but here we are now, another firestorm, because somebody decided, hey, you know, yeah, what we were doing was not right. Or they cheat over there. I got another technology question for you, Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know your numbers off the top of your head. I mean, you know how how many bases did you steal? Because I know you're like top twenty, uh-huh. top twenty one in the national in National League history in stolen bases. Four thirty five or something like that. Okay, somewhere around there. If they had replay the way they have it for your entire career, <laughs> how many stolen bases would you have? Oh, uh, probably cut that in half. I mean, it, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. one thing. It's one thing, Jimmy, that drives me crazy because I don't think that's done in the spirit of the of replay uh, mm-hmm. to expect an umpire to have like this Superman X-ray vision to be able to slow everything down and see if for a for a a nanosecond your arm came off that bag while a guy kept the tag on you and so you were out even though you clearly beat the throw that drives me crazy because i don't think it's the spirit of the of the thing but on the other hand if if you're a shortstop and you're laying a tag on somebody you're probably liking that so how do you so how do you fall on that man i just i just wish and again i'm going to let you talk but you know what i wish Mm -hmm. they would do on, on a stolen base call like that you can look at it again you can replay it in regular speed, mm-hmm. in just the way the umpire was looking at it. And if you can reverse a call from from regular speed, okay, go ahead and reverse it. What do you think? I hear you. Um, as a base dealer, it's happened to me. Uh, my last year in 2016, exactly as you said, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a full, you know, fingertips to my elbow safe. But as you're sliding, you know, your momentum takes you across the bag. I do everything I can to keep my body on a bag. I'm literally smothering a bag. But when you slow it down frame by frame by frame by frame, I'm off the bag by half an inch. Clearly safe. Then I'm ruled out. And it's like, that, 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 like you said, that, that's not what it's used for. I am clearly safe. If my momentum is taking me clearly off the bag and I'm trying to hang on and a shortstop or second base or third baseman is keeping a tag on me, okay, I can agree with that. Because I overslid the bag, but I'm literally smothering a bag. And when you slide, as you hit the ground, you're going to bounce up. So now you're penalizing me for something that's going to naturally happen. Yeah. There wasn't a mistake made. It was just as you hit the bag, your, body's, your body lifts off unless you're sliding to, to a corner of the bag and now you're trying to hold on with your fingertips. Now, on the other side, on the defensive side, I like it because it gives us the benefit of this guy was out and it was a crucial situation. He was safe, 
but he came off the bag and it's messed up. But man, that really helps us, <laughs> you know, in this situation. So I get it both sides, but in the spirit of being a base stealer and what the replay was for, I agree with you 100%. It was not meant to see the guy pop off the bag for a millisecond. Yeah. That, okay, his momentum took him off the bag. He came off the bag. Let's see if he made it back to the bag before the tag was reapplied. Yeah. In that I, instance, I 100% agree with it. But just to see a guy literally pop off the bag in a, in a, natural, in a natural slide where it's clearly safe, I, I agree with you. Last thing, this is just a quick answer as we say as we say goodbye to you, Jimmy. Is I know you're a Niner fan. Give me the score. Yes, Niners, Niners Packers, give me a final score. Oh, uh, final score, man. Can I just give you win or loss? Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We, 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 we plan, we're playing in a bay. I say it is 27-24 Niner game. Wow. That'd be great to watch. I don't know if we're giving up sure. that many runs, that, 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 that many – you know, points, points, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, man, whew, that's a bad boy. That's a bad boy. <laughs> Jimmy Rollins, great talking to you, man. We really appreciate you taking the time uh, with your insights on what's going on in Major League Baseball, and uh season will be here before you know it. Thanks a lot, J-Roll. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. You know, I, you know, obviously I live in Philadelphia during the summer, and I've been a big Phillies fan, and I've got to know Jimmy and Ryan Howard really, really well the last – well, those were some glory days with oh, those my two guys. Goodness. Winning the World Series, and then we lost again to the Yankees, which was <clears> so awesome. Just going up on the train back and forth from New York to Philly, the, the city was on fire. You know, all those Yankee fans came down on that on that uh, little hour and 15-minute train. It was just crazy. It was, it was great. And, uh, man, but I tell people, those two are the nicest guys you're ever going to meet, J. Roll and Ryan Howard. No doubt. More coming up on the uh, steam room. Uh, our buddy going to stop by. Buddy's an over-exaggeration. Oh, our, our beloved friend, Tim Kiley. <laughs> now he's beloved. <laughs> We're from the town with the great football team. Well, that music can only mean one that thing. You are so white. The man with the central Catholic Vikings hat and the uh, and the creamy white thighs, Tim uh, Kiley, is wait, here. Wait, is that your high school? That is my high school. Um, uh, it's slight different colors in honor of Shaq. And all I want to know tonight, before we start the local news, Ernie, is the national news, which is you guys. Are you going to be gracious to Shaq? Yes. Because but, but, oh, yeah. wait, wait, hold no, on. Because Shaq well, is hold not on, like let me, do, let me do you. Let me do you. Are you oh. going to actually let him speak? Yes. Well, Shaq is not like Ernie. What do you mean? Uh, you're the most obnoxious Georgia fan in the world. I'm not. You put the helmet on the desk when y'all were ranked number one in everything the last few years. Yeah. That's obnoxious. So what's wrong with that? You you start out talking about Georgia. Shaq don't know anything. Like I don't even know if he knew LSU won the national yeah. championship. <laughs> they were playing. What are they doing playing on a Monday? <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, anyway, what's the Ernie, husband, are you, uh, what's are, the you in the, are you in the mood for local news? Local news. Yes. All right. And you mute the music. Now that's much better. Live, local, late breaking. Late breaking. When the news this breaks, we fix it. Is action news at eleven. Chuck, Dateline, Orlando. Uh, you did not graduate from Auburn, correct? I did not. I have a school for you to re-enroll into. Uh-oh. Students at One Florida University may have new trouble avoiding the freshman 15. <laughs> the University of North Florida in Jacksonville has installed a pizza 
ATM. It's yes. a vending machine that serves up pizza with just the push of a button. The pizza right. base is pre-cooked, and when someone orders one, it's heated up, dispensed in just a few minutes. Kids today. The machine is located at one of the residence halls on campus. What a great idea. Well, Doug. I'm okay. That's a great idea. I'm not. Doug. Wait, we don't know that yet. I know that. That's so a, that's a great idea. So wait, wait, wait. I'm going to ask a question. Is this not similar to ordering takeout from McDonald's? No, no. Ordering pizza is not the same as ordering takeout from McDonald's and Wendy's on one of those stupid apps. <laughs> That's when you just really lazy. And just for the record, you don't want to. I know you don't know. Got, what's the problem with ordering and then going and picking it up? Yeah. No. Do you I mean, I no, have, no, this have is, it delivered they bring to, it to you? you. They bring it to you. Oh, really? They'll bring McDonald's, McDonald's. here? Yes, Wendy's and all those stores. I now. didn't know that. I thought you could just get on the app and, and then you go <coughs> and it'd, it'd be ready for no, you. No, to no, no. They have, they deliver it too. Time for more music. Uh. <laughs> Dedicated, determined, dependable. Dateline, New Jersey. Chuck, do you actually do use home shopping channels? Do you not? Never. I thought you said you shopped at these things. No, no. All right, okay. So no, you, I, I've, I've you never. You have things delivered to your house. The home uh, shop. You've, well, you said you did well, the home maybe, shop. Maybe it's those uh, those commercials, those infomercials. Those infomercials. infomercials. You, you bought okay. that stuff. Yeah, but I always go and get it. I've never ordered anything. Well, uh, let me tell you something. It's a good thing you didn't go and get this one. A New Jersey mom says she got a very gross Amazon delivery. You have to check this one out. She ordered two boxes of diapers from Amazon, as she does every month for her two daughters. When the package arrived this week, she was horrified. It was a little bit heavy. I was half asleep. The lights were off. At that point, I turned on the light, and that's when I noticed these diapers are neatly folded, and they are soiled. <laughs> soiled diapers, Chuck. Okay. So, so the story is, she bought diapers on Amazon. On Amazon, they were delivered, and two of them had been used. No, the whole package was full of neatly folded, soiled diapers. You got to admit, the the, the person's a, a pig, but that is pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, they took the time. You said they were neatly, neatly folded. folded. Neatly folded. So that tells me the person got a good sense of humor. And I guarantee you this, it's somebody she probably knows, too. Hey, you, did you actually change Christiana's diaper at any point in your life? Uh, no. I've never changed a diaper in my life. Chuck, you get faint-hearted when there's any kind of a crumb anywhere near your desk. I don't apologize for being clean. Yeah. And it's uh, not my fault y'all are animals. Just, you know what my boy Jeff Foxworthy likes to say when that? he talks about diapers? He said, look, when it says on the, on the package 10 to 12 pounds, they don't hold much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Of bathroom stuff, oh, my apparently. Goodness. Uh, TK, it's always good music, to, boys. Always good to see you. Always good to good have job, you in the brother. steam room. Trying to, trying to keep up uh, appearances here, Chuck, with well, my thoroughbred legs. Thoroughbreds? More like loaf of breads. You know what else we have coming up on the show? Uh, One of your favorites. Chuck's answering machine. Yes, sir. Still to come. Yes, sir. Back inside the steam room, Ernie Johnson along with Charles Barkley. And uh, in this age of technology and great advancements, <laughs> it's always nice uh, to have a final segment that revolves around the old answering machine. In this case, Chuck's 
answering machine. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hey, Chuck, man, I just want to know, can you grow hair? Well, uh, I can grow hair. Uh, I got a big donut in the middle of my head, though. Uh, I was one of those guys, you know, like some guys recede from the front. I just had a big hole uh, in the top of my head. You so, sound like you're talking about me. Uh, well, you're, you're going, I, you know, yeah. I got one of those. No, no. I, like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I can actually grow hair on the outskirts of town. In downtown, I got a big hole in my head. Yeah. And let me tell you something, Ernie. Uh, I don't know when you noticed you started going bald. I haven't really noticed. No, no, no. But I'm saying, I, I think I was... 24, 25, it's a traumatic experience. Yeah. Like, I, 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 it's, I, like I said, I don't know when you first noticed it, but like when I first noticed I was going bald, I was like, uh-oh, something's going on yeah. up here. When's the last time you actually had like a head of hair? I had an afro in, 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 in high school. Yeah. Uh, I had a, You a, had some hair at Auburn. I, I started, uh, that's when the craze, when people start shaving, not shaving their head, uh, going down the waves, mm-hmm. uh, when you just brush a hole in your head to make it wavy. So <laughs> I think right after high school is when that craze started, when people all started going to short hair. Uh, but man, it's traumatic when you first you know, start going be fun. I think you should, until now, till the NBA playoffs start, just consciously grow hair. Oh, yeah. And to see what that looks like it's, on opening night of the playoffs. It's not attractive. It's not. I mean, it's, I know it's hard to mess up the moneymaker, <laughs> but it's not. I, 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 I am much better looking bald. And I, I'm not saying I'm great looking. Uh, there you are. Well, yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, but I'm much better looking bald than with hair. Uh, let's go to caller number two. Hey, Ernie and Charles. My name is Staz, and I'm from Sydney, Australia. I watch inside the NBA every week, and now I'm a loyal steamer. You know, steamer, as in a fan of the I steam like room. it. As you both may know, Australia is currently being ravaged by bushfires. So I don't have a question for you. I have a special request. Could you please ask all your fans to dig deep in their pockets if they can send help to our volunteer firefighters who are helping keep us safe in our beautiful country? Sadly, we're losing so much each day in terms of our native wildlife, bushland, homes, and even people. Your words of support would mean so much. Sending love from down under, Dad. Wow, that you know, man, be, that, uh, that was it, a that was an amazing call. Number one, thank you for uh, being a law steamer. But you know, I, I please everybody out there, uh, reach in your pocket. Uh, we need to find a place to send some money. And that's what I was going to say. There's, yeah. you know, Look online, too, and, and just see, because uh, I need to do the same thing. Just find out what, yeah. what, what is the relief agency that, yeah. uh, of preference to, you know, you, you, to help you, over there. Because, yeah, it's you just You know who been, we should talk to? Our favorite NBA player. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. He would know at least give us yeah. a, a, a proper context. But everybody watching the steam room or who watch uh, Turner at Inside, please donate something. I mean, because a little something adds up to a lot. And I will promise you, my man, I'm going to send you some money. Uh, me and Ernie going to send you some money. We just got to find out the right uh, agency to send it to. Uh, but that's just a terrible story. Um, and we encourage everybody to 
to get on board with that too, whether you have, you know, we've been to Australia before and it's a magnificent place. Oh, I, I, I've been know, there a few times and, and, and I know you've been too. Yes. And, it's and an to amazing watch that place. On the news is just frightening. And, do, and, the, and then you see, and now that they're canceling the, the tournaments leading to the Australian open because the air quality is so bad. Uh, this, I saw this one young girl got so sick the other day. They had to stop her match. Uh, but man, we, and I, I, I wish the American press would cover it more because I think if more people see that, they would start giving more money. And we need to know where to get the money to to make sure it actually gets there. But I wish the American press, as much as we're wasting time on this impeachment stupidity and stuff like that, we need to help Australia. Final call. At Lincoln County Jail, if you would like to continue this call of up to 20 minutes by accepting a charge to your credit or debit card, please press 1. If you would like to set up or add funds to a prepaid Advance Connect account in order to pay for future calls, please press 2. The, week the other party has disconnected. Goodbye. We got a call from jail. Lincoln County Jail, whatever, whichever Lincoln County. There's that, a lot that, of Lincolns. Yes. And probably, I mean, was that well, somebody's, was that somebody, look, no, you're allowed one phone call? No, no, that's somebody okay. who, who, who seems Who was something. incarcerated. Yeah, because I will tell you something. I've had the unexpected pleasure of making that phone call. You have to call collect. The, yeah, the unexpected pleasure. The, the unexpected. Uh, the, well, uh, wait, is that the right way to phrase well, that? No, not at all. But uh, un unfortunately, you know, it's not like operators are standing by at Chuck's answering machine. No, because we earned it. No, because, you know, <clears throat> this is how long ago it was. Remember, somebody on the other end has to accept the charge. Right. Because uh, uh, I remember that uh, early 80s, I had to call my mom and my mom thought it was a joke. Did she accept the charge? She did. And did she let you have it? Uh, not that time. To wait, she had to get, bail me out of jail. I had to wait till I got home to get yelled at. But it is a, it is kind of funny because you do. I, I, America, I'm not joking. You have to call collect. And like I say, I don't know how it works today, but back then, remember we've gotten collect calls before. You have to say you're getting a collect call from somebody. Yeah, I accept the charges. Accept yeah. the charges. But uh, my man, I hope uh, I hope you get out of jail. Yeah. Bless you. We need all the steamers, even those in the <laughs> in Lincoln the, County. In Lincoln County. Lincoln County Jail. We should do that survey. Uh, I mean, see, with the underdog, we need to find out how many Lincoln counties there are. I mean, if, if underdog can't find it, it can't be found. Yeah. And we'll find who is trying to call us <laughs> in the steam room. Uh, that's it for this episode of the steam room. For Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, uh, thanks a lot for, for uh, tuning in. And we will see you again next time as the door 